This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we would agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. It's Todd and Friends, and yeah, we're both friends of Todd. Bill Dean sitting in for Todd, visiting with Mike Grimm. And Mike, always enjoy your visits uh, with Todd. And you and I haven't had a chance to do this for probably close to a year or more. Uh, uh, great to have an opportunity to talk with you again. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to be on, and uh, always fun to talk with you. All right. Well, let's start out with uh, Gopher Hockey, since uh, they play the Badgers tonight. And, of course, uh, Wisconsin now under the tutelage of Mike Hastings, and he had tremendous success at Minnesota State. should be really interesting to see, not just tonight and tomorrow for this two-game series, but just how that Wisconsin program, you know, uh, progresses under Mike Hastings, because I you know that that's that's one of the blue bloods of college hockey in terms of number of national titles, in terms of proximity to talent. Um, you know, they're they, they, high school hockey's not huge in Wisconsin, but they're so close to uh, Michigan, they're so close to Minnesota, um, they're so close to Canada. They they can go get kids, and kids can be relatively close to home. And in some cases, um, there are kids in Minnesota that that want to get away from home, but not too far away. And uh, you know, they've recruited well in Minnesota. Um, and that team has been really good over the years. They have hit some hard times, and uh, my hunt will not uh, have those hard times. In fact, they're 5-1 and one already this year and ranked 14th in the country, and we'll have a test tonight with the, with the Gophers, who are ranked number one, um, which is an interesting ranking. I think this team can be the number one ranked team. Um, it's fine. Um, I think they have as much talent as anybody, but they're awfully young and they got some injuries, so... Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised that they're at the number one now. You know, had you told me, hey, in mid-February they'll be number one, I'd, I'd, I'd believe that. So now the question is, let's hope they, uh, as they continue to add the uh, bodies through um, guys getting back from injury and, you know, continue to meld those young guys in with the new guys and build a really good rapport on the ice that um, that they can maintain that that top ranking. Kind of an interesting sidelight. Uh, our longtime athletic director and Wilmer's first hockey coach, uh, Bob Glazeman, he actually was a Wisconsin graduate, and I know his son, who was a good goaltender, actually, uh, you know, went to Wisconsin. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, the Badgers have done a tremendous job of recruiting basketball players, it seems like, from this side of the border. They have, um, they, and, you know, they have a couple uh, on their roster right now, and they have a couple that um, high school seniors currently that are committed to go there. So, They've done a nice job. It's um, you know, there's you know, lots of different varying factors. Like I said, some kids just want to get away from home, but maybe not too far. And you know, for the Twin Cities to Madison, it's a four-hour, four and a half-hour drive or so. So you know, it's 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 an easy drive, and it's a terrible drive. I've made that drive. It's terribly boring, but it um, you know, you you, you can um, you, you can get there in four, four and a half hours, and and I think that's part of it. And I um. And and it's a beautiful campus. It's a great school, so it, it's it's understandable a little bit. And yeah, I, um, you know, like I said, that particularly in hockey, they're you know they're one of the blue bloods. They've they, you know they're in the top ten all time in wins and national championships and uh, and all that stuff. Well, uh, you know, speaking of drives, uh, I assume uh, you drove down to Iowa City uh, for the football game. Uh, now, you guys, uh, you're on your own as far as your transportation. Uh, you don't travel with the team. 
we normally travel with the team. Yep, we're usually on the seats in the back, but at least we get to fly uh, with them. However, for the Iowa game, they bust. Um, you know, because it. You know, by the time you load and unload the gear and do all that stuff, it's almost just as quick to bust, and it certainly is a cost saving. So they bust to Iowa um, because of that. I drove. I also have family in Iowa. That's where I grew up. So, um, so I actually went down there on Thursday, and I got back on Monday, and it was just a great day on Saturday to see the Gophers win that Floyd of Rosedale trophy for the first time since 2014. I couldn't believe it, it was Bill, back in 2014. Just goes to, to show, you know, how many disappointments there have been. And even last year, it kind of looked like the Gophers maybe were going to uh, pull it out. Yeah, that was probably of all the games they lost, the one that they they you know most likely should have won um, in terms of yards gained, first downs gained, time of possession, uh, all that stuff. They dominated that game last year everywhere except the scoreboard, and they were right down at the eight-yard line ready to kick a game-winning field goal with, I forget now, maybe it was three and a half, four minutes left, and, um, and Muhammad Ibrahim fumbled the football, and the Gophers still got the ball back, and then the Gophers threw an interception, um, which uh, got returned to the uh, you know, down the sideline, and then um, and then the Hawkeyes moved into field goal range themselves and and won the game, which was uh, it was the trap door just fell out. And you know, I thought for a minute with that punt return last weekend on Saturday that they were going to do the same same thing with that Houdini um, kind of punt return for him to get out of that somehow and score a touchdown. It was an incredible run, but luckily for Minnesota, it was a run that. Um, that you're not allowed to do because he had uh, he had waved off his teammates with a motion that is um, uh, the getaway motion it, uh, forces the punt return man to no longer have the right to return the punt. He can field the punt, but it's down there, down when you catch it. Well, I had really wondered because uh, you could really see it looked like we had about four golfers that kind of just stopped. And one of them actually yep. tried to make a tackle, and uh, yeah, it was deflating to say the least. And uh, and uh, yeah, you just thought, here we go again. But thank goodness, uh, you know, it didn't uh, it didn't stand. And then then they made that interception too, uh, wasn't it at the end? Then to kind of clinch it. Yeah, yeah. Last uh, defensive play for Minnesota was an interception by Justin Wally, and that. That uh, allowed Minnesota to simply kneel out the clock and get the win, and uh, then they charged down to the north end zone where Floyd of Rosedale was waiting for them. Well, it sure changes the complexion, you know, of the of the race now. And boy, these next games, uh, three of them coming up, two at home. Uh, you know, if they if they uh, win out in those, uh, you know, they're going to probably be playing for the West Division Championship in that last game against the Badgers. Very well could. Um, very well could. I, you know, it's on the possibility that it's, it's likely Minnesota is going to be favored in those next three games, at least two of the three anyway. Um, certainly that doesn't guarantee anything. Minnesota was an underdog last week and went on the road and won in a tough place. So it doesn't mean that it's a slam dunk that the Gophers are going to do that. But I, I agree with you. If they do, um, then it, it could almost certainly come down to that final weekend of the season with Wisconsin as to who goes um, to Indianapolis out of the Big Ten West. And um, that'd be cool if in the final year of the Big Ten West, the Gophers could do it, that's for sure. What is going to be the uh, the format or the uh, lineup uh, once these uh, teams come in from the Pac-12? Uh, how are they going to really stack it up? Uh, are we going to see some of our traditional rivals like uh, Iowa and Wisconsin every year? Or how, are they going to, how are they going to schedule these games? Yeah, it's a great question because what as of now, and I, I don't agree with this myself, I don't think this is the best future path for the Big Ten, but 
people that make a lot more money and, um, you know, are most likely more smart than me. Although that, you know, that takes something, Bill, to be quite frank about it. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, it, um, it, uh, I, they are going to not have any divisions. Um, it's going to be a total randomized schedule for the most part. Uh, there are some protected rivalries. This part is good. Minnesota will play Wisconsin and Iowa every year, no matter what. And then it's a rotation of the rest of the league. And in Minnesota's case, because they have two protected rivals, um, you know, because in an 18 team league, that means you can, you know, 17 possible opponents, two every year are going to be, uh, Iowa and Wisconsin. And so, you know, what's that leave you with then? Whatever, a rotating basis. I think they're going to play every other team in the Big Ten twice over a five-year period. I think that's the way they're going to do it. So it's going to be totally random uh, with some uh, basic uh, requirements. And then the two teams with the best record in the Big Ten, the top two teams will play in the championship game, which which they think is going to be great. I, I still am not sold that that's the best path forward. But, um, you know, I also don't think they're done adding teams. I think at some point in the next five years they're going to add a few more. And then at that point it's almost a certainty. I would think that they're going to have to go back to a division format like the NFL um, or, you know, a, a pod system of some sort um, that, uh, that that you would play um, a handful of the same teams every year to determine a division winner, and then those division winners would move on to whatever a semifinal or what have you. But, um, but as of right now, the next five years, starting next year, will be no divisions, some protected rivals, and then you randomly play everybody. Um, you know, which is to me going to create a bunch of weird stuff because you know there's going to be tiebreakers and weird stuff to figure out. Who finishes where? What about non-conference games? Uh, will there continue to be two or three of those every year? Yeah, as of right now, it's a nine-game conference schedule for the next five years. That was the plan. They've announced the opponents each year. They just do not have the game dates. Um, and that then leaves three non-conference games. So I, I, I still think you're going to see, you know, the Gophers likely will have a home-and-home home with somebody decent um, and then likely um, have, you know, two what I would call lower level opponents. Although, you know, again, there's no guarantee. They're probably a, you know, a, they call them a buy game, you know, which means you pay someone to come in and play you um, from a, from the one double a level, the FCS level, probably one. And then probably from a group of five, another is my, is my hunch is how they'll do that. Um, I also foresee a future, particularly if and when the Big Ten adds some more teams, where they will increase to a 10-game conference schedule, leaving just two non-conference slots. Um, I, I think that day's on the horizon at some point as well. What about the running back situation for the Gophers now? Uh, you know, uh, both Evans and Taylor got kind of dinged up. Are they going to be healthy, do you think, uh, in time for Saturday? It's a great question. Um, I, you know, P.J. Fleck in his Monday news conference said, um, hey, we got good news on one of the guys, but, you know, he's very vague in injuries. He, in his mind, he if he keeps the opponent in the dark a little bit on injuries, he believes that to be a, a competitive advantage for them, uh, making sure that the opponent can't prepare for one or two or um, a single scenario. Um, I don't I don't know whether that's true or not, but that's what he thinks. And so, consequently, we don't get a lot of injury. Even me, you know, who I'm around, um, and uh, they, I don't get a lot of injury information. So I don't know the answer to that question. 
Um, if if one is healthy, that helps. They do have Sean Tyler. He appeared healthy. Mm-hmm. He finished the game. He's the transfer from Western Michigan. And by the way, for Western Michigan last year against Michigan State had over 100 yards rushing, so he's had some success against them. Uh, and that's, of course, who Minnesota plays this weekend. So if, if they're both out, if both Evans and Taylor are out, I would think Sean Tyler would get a bulk of the carries. Jordan Newbin, who's the brother of the star safety Tyler Newbin, is he has for a couple of years now been the scout team running back, and he would be next in line. He got a few carries earlier in the year, and uh, he would be next in line and probably play on third downs. Bryce Williams also suffered a season-ending injury. He he would certainly be getting some carries this weekend had he not been injured as well. You know, it's interesting. The Gophers have done really a terrific job of uh, recruiting running backs even long before uh, – uh, Coach Fleck got there, it seems like, and and they've had good fortune with their kickers too, for some reason, and that seems to be yeah. the case again this year. Yeah, they've you know Emmett Carpenter was kicker of the year. Um, Ryan Santoso was a really good kicker. Um, when I first got to town, that wasn't the case. Uh, the the last few years of the Glenn Mason regime, there were some struggles at kicker. Um, a week for a second time this season, four for four. Uh, in field goals. And, you know, Bill, this is kind of an interesting sidebar story. I mentioned earlier, and Todd, we've talked about this before when I've been on with Todd, I grew up in Iowa, right? And so when I was young, um, we would go to Kinnick Stadium to games. My parents were season ticket holders to, to Iowa football games. And in 1981, um, I was 10. I was 10 years old in 1981. My brother, my best friend, me, my mom, dad, and my great aunt all uh, jumped in the car. We went to the Iowa-Minnesota game at Kinnick Stadium. Last time, that's the last time Minnesota beat a ranked Iowa team in Iowa City until this past Saturday. Minnesota was, I'm sorry, Iowa was ranked 23rd and Minnesota got the win. In that 1981 game that I went to uh, when I was 10 years old and the last time Minnesota won, Jim Gallery, great field goal kicker for the Gophers, kicked four field goals, and Minnesota beat Iowa 12 to 10. Exact same score, exact same way to score, and I was at both of those games 40, whatever. 42 years apart. How about that? That is truly amazing. That really is. Uh, <laughs> well, and I, I remember like Paul Rogan, wasn't he one of the Gopher kickers too back in the day? I mean, they, yeah, they've had some, yeah. they've had some pretty yeah, decent. Don't forget. And, and yeah. And Chip Lowmiller, you yep, know, uh, yep. he, uh, he's, he's now, I think a, a head coach of Pequot Lakes. I want to say high school, at least he had been. Um, we've had him occasionally over the years on our pregame show. I haven't talked to him in a while. We should try to catch up, but he had a, a nice NFL career with the, uh, I believe the Redskins when they were the Redskins, and now they're the, the you know the uh, what are they now the Commanders, <laughs> um, and I think he was with the Rams for a minute too. Maybe I can't remember for sure, but um, yeah, Low Miller was a great kicker, and uh, you know as we mentioned, Emmett Carpenter was Big Ten Kicker of the Year, and I'm telling you, uh, Dragon Kessich is putting a stake. Uh, trying to stake a claim, I should say, to maybe being Big Ten Kicker of the Year this year. Let's hope he keeps it up. He's got just a wonderful it's, – it's been fun to watch. And He's actually my guest on my podcast this week, and he was the first guy to the pig uh, as the sprint across the field went. And so he talks about that in, in the podcast if folks want to tune in. He's just a big, big personality, great kid. Yeah, that's so fun to see, uh, you know, and just the, the pure, I guess, emotion, you know, uh, uh, and uh, the center, too, Bo, right? I mean, yeah, that was yeah, some that was yeah. some great uh, audio uh, when you guys were able to get him on after the game. I mean, that was just raw emotion. It sure was. It sure was. Yeah, yeah. Sideline reporter did a really good job getting uh, the emotion from those guys. It was they're comfortable with him, and so they felt um, well. You could tell they were, um, you know, between jubilation, relief, 
Um, you know, that, that was, I mean, you know, and I think it served PJ Fleck well to do the one game championship season stuff, which he does. You can, you know, get through last week, do this week, but, um, that was more to me and watching how they reacted and even PJ himself watching how he reacted, uh, probably more than just a one game championship season <laughs> in Iowa. That was, uh, that was a pretty emotional win for all of them. No question. Well, let's uh, kind of wrap up here with uh, men's basketball. Uh, Mike, of course, you're the voice of the Gophers and, uh, you know, it's been a couple of tough years for Ben taking over and you know the thing is uh, the Big Ten is so salty it seems like in in uh, men's basketball yeah they've got another group of top uh, 10 top 20 teams so you know the question is um, they've revamped the roster again Uh, Dawson Garcia certainly will you know I think be the go-to player and if they can get the kind of um, effort and effort I don't mean effort in terms of like he wasn't trying early in the year I guess production would be the better way to put it if they can get the type of production from him they got after he came back from the injury the last eight or nine games or I think he averaged 17 points and nine rebounds a game if, if that can be a consistent night in and night out performance by him um, then and, and then other guys you know I think they're going to be a better shooting team which in today's day and age if you can't shoot the three you're just not going to win very many games and that's been the case particularly last year the Gophers just couldn't shoot very well um, and if they, so they can shoot and they can rely on Garcia and they've got some new guys and you know these freshmen that played last year um, led the league in freshman minutes are now sophomores and if they take a jump uh, tomorrow's media day for them, the local media day. They had a Big Ten conference media day um, last month. And then it's not too far away. I, the first exhibition is next Thursday already, a week from tonight. They take on McAllister. And then a week from Sunday um, will be the first game against Bethune-Cookman. Um, I'm sorry, a week from Monday. Did I say Sunday? A week from Monday, which would be, I think, November 6th opens the season so what's that 10 days away so yeah we're, we're coming up on it for sure bill and you're going to have a new broadcast partner too that's going to feel a little different i'm guessing yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm just certainly going to miss spencer uh you know he and i still talk almost daily and he, you know he's become a great friend of mine but um uh family commitments and other things uh, you know his job demands of uh, in his real job just created a situation where he wasn't going to have enough uh, time uh, to do the gopher basketball deal and spend time with family. And he has a, uh, two kids. Uh, one, they're seven and five. And so they're at that age. They're starting to play, you know, getting into youth sports and stuff. So Al Nolan, who was a teammate, ironically, of Spencer for a while, um, will be our new color commentator. And I'm really looking forward to uh, fans getting to know him a little better. Yeah, that'll be fun to hear. And, uh, well, Mike, uh, again, uh, you know, you never can tell, I guess, and uh, we certainly are pulling for uh, the Gophers. It's going to be a struggle, I'm guessing, unless uh, uh, they've got better players than I would. Uh, am aware of, but uh, you know, it, it's yeah. you know somebody's going to finish uh, first, and somebody's going to be near the bottom. But if they can play competitive basketball, I think uh, you know we as fans, uh, you know, will will certainly uh, accept that. Yeah, yeah, let's hope that they do. And, look, I think the key is going to be this team. If they can make three-point shots, then they're going to be able to, you know, to climb up the standings. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Well, again, good luck, uh, you know, Saturday with uh, Michigan State in town for that one. And a couple of uh, 2.30 kickoffs back-to-back here coming up. So it's kind of nice when fans can plan a little bit ahead of time, too, as to when they're going to, you know, be in the stadium. Yeah, no doubt, 100% correct. Yeah, 2.30 this week, and then 2.30 when Illinois comes to town on November 4th. So um, let's get it done, no doubt. All right. Mike, thanks so much. Great to catch up with you again, and uh, best of luck. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Bill. Always enjoy chatting with you. 
Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.